Blog Talk Radio. January 9th, 2022, and dare I say Happy New Year, when I know it's a Happy New Year, and it's meant to be the happiest of years that we have. Each year, we hope to be the happiest of years. Each day, we hope for it to be a better day than yesterday, and that we learn from the past, and we move on, and we solve problems, and we gain allies, and we give, and we accept, and we love, and we share, and we care. But dare I say Happy New Year when I know that not only Tamson and Reggie Bowles are not all that happy at all because what will make them happy is when they get their children back home and they're not alone. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host of Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your stories told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB Lighthouse Christian Radio out of Oklahoma and in the surrounding areas. So I will still say Happy New Year with all the good thoughts and good wishes to everybody. This is our first show back uh, since 2022 and since right before Christmas. And the last show that you heard um, coming from this host, me, is and was with Tamson and Reggie Bowles. Uh, and if you have gotten to us through uh, the promotion that you saw online, you'll see, just in case you missed the first show, there is a link for the first show because we are on part two. Are you concerned about forced children's vaccinations? Well, I'm concerned about any kinds of forced vaccinations, and maybe we're going to hear about um, some two very large cases in front of SCOTUS today because some things may go into effect tomorrow. It may be a stay or it may be a new ruling. We will find out. We'll find out. So if there's any breaking news, Marty, if you hear about any of that, you know, breaking news while we're on air, we can take a brief moment just to announce it. Um, Well, how about losing your children over if not believing in vaccinations and false accusations as if that wasn't the case? Please, please listen in to this show tonight because you are going to be startled if you aren't already by just how many families this really does impact. But Tamson and Reggie Bowles, they and their two beautiful young sons, they're hardly afforded any time together as it is after their children had already been taken from them. Their two young sons need to be back home with them. That's what they deserve. They deserve to be home with their family. They deserve to be home with loving parents that have had complete false accusations that has led to the removal of their children from their home, not only once, but twice. And guess what? 
it can be proven. It can be proven. So why is it so hard for there to be justice when you have all the proofs and all the reasons why the decision should be in the, in favor of uniting this beautiful, beautiful family? Well, Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your, and your story is told, is in conjunction tonight with Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed and Journeys to Justice and in coordination with Marcel Reed and the annual Whistleblowers Summit. So don't forget about that annual Whistleblower Summit. Uh, it's something that uh, if you don't already know about it, we're not going to take the time really to talk about it too much tonight, but we certainly are going to uh, say just go ahead and Google or Duck, Duck, Go it Annual Whistleblower Summit. And uh, Marty, do you want to jump on and, and bring something up about new, the new show coming on uh, coming up before we get started? Well, I guess that would be a no because I don't hear any response from Marty. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, the kidnapping statistics are unreliable to begin with in our country, and I'm sure in other countries as well. Um, but it does not include those that are wrongfully families and children that have been wrongfully hijacked and divided separately by DHS and CPS. I will say once again, as a disclosure, it does not mean that everybody that works for CPS or DHS is corrupt or engages in illicit activity. But we do know that there are for-profit activities that take place. As Marty had mentioned on our last show, Title IV-E of the Social Security Act and it's 42 U.S.C. 671-679-B, if that means anybody to anybody. What that is is a funding stream, okay? That's a funding stream. And uh, and what that does is it provides a federal reimbursement for a portion of the maintenance uh, and administration costs of foster care children that are that are eligible, I'll put in, in quotes, very questionable quotes, uh, because there are different states have different perks and different rewards for actually finding foster care children. Now, in, in this case, um, nobody has wanted to give up their children. Nobody has needed to give up their children. As a matter of fact, these parents are very loving. They're very loving parents. And to the point where they homeschool, they uh, they don't completely shelter their children. You know, they don't deprive their children of daylight. They don't deprive their children of food. They don't deprive their children of uh, of, of anything as they have been accused to be doing. And uh, and so this is a little bit of a it's quite it's a, it's a it's a naughty nightmare. And they're not the only instance where this has happened. You know, since this show has been on, I've heard from numerous other people um, in Oklahoma and other states, you know, emailing me that this is happening to them. And I've heard from others before uh, the show aired. So we really need to listen in. You need to understand, God bless, and believe that this really is happening uh, because we vet our guests quite well and review the cases quite well. So... uh, are allegedly approximately 800,000 families, 8,000, forgive me, families across the country 
that are snatched by CPS and no, it's 800,000 that are snatched across the country and by CPS and a quarter of them are forced adopted out, are forced adopted out. Once again, the parents don't want this to happen. Adopted out for profit. Tamson, it's great to have you on again with us. Reggie, it's great to have you on again with us. How are you doing? Here you got a little cold. Uh, yeah, it's sore throat and stuff. Yeah, but I'm nursing myself back to health. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. you got to take that zinc and, you know, all those natural remedies that will get you there. And yeah. That's, that's my first line of defense. <laughs> that's for <Yep>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on despite how you're feeling. And how are you tonight, Reggie? Well, I'm doing all right. Thank you for joining us again. I appreciate it. So what we did in, in the first show is we introduced the fact that there are two different times that the bulls have had their children removed from them. And uh, and we're now and, and we gave a summary of what happened and where they're at now, and there is a hearing coming up. Um, when is that hearing? The next hearing would be either like February first or the second. If you're talking about family court, yeah, yeah, yes, talking about family court, and then of course mm-hmm. you have been charged. Um, because uh, you you were charged uh, with several criminal matters because you were shielding your children and uh, when the police or the sheriff's department um, Mm -hmm. wanted to come in and you took your children and you were hiding and you were accused of doing something that you didn't do, trying to bite the police officer, uh, and, and yet you've got video footage up of the whole incident, and there's no such bite that is happening. And it's my understanding, mm-hmm. I think, based on what we talked about last time, Reggie said that somebody had claimed, oh, it was hidden by his jacket. You couldn't see because of the jacket or something ridiculous yeah. like that. Um, there's yeah. been ter- perjured testimony um, and whatnot, and there are things that have not been allowed in court yet and you're still waiting to get some records, um, which you have not been afforded yet. Is that correct? Um, I know you might be talking about the transcripts uh, from the adjudication yeah. trial. Then, yeah. Yeah, they're playing games with that. Yeah. You know, supposedly okay. my lawyers looked at it, but the word right now is she cannot remove it from the courtroom. She can go in and look at it, but she can't take it out. Well, why wouldn't she be able to get copies of it, I wonder? Supposedly there's some new rule that they cannot take copies of it or take it out of the courtroom. Of course, this is not she what, said what something I was told about... just, a couple, just a couple months ago, but supposedly that's the rules now. At least that's what I'm being told by my lawyer. She said something about the, uh, the time, because of the time that's passed, the amount of time that's passed. Well, that Pretty makes sure no sense what she said. to me. I mean, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. say whether that's true or not for for sure and i'm i'm no lawyer once again you know but um but records are records that typically you have the availability to get and i know because this is a child's case you can't just jump online and you know and open up a pdf and see it it's protected um because it involves minors but 
that makes no sense. So they can't even, she can't even take a picture of it. That, that makes no sense. It's an open case. Right. We've been trying to get these transcripts for a year now. And finally, all I've heard is that my new lawyer, of course, this is the fourth lawyer I've had this year. She's telling me that she can go in and look at them, but she cannot take them out of the courtroom. Wow, I'd, I'd be curious as to what rule is that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, I mean, I know you want that, that lawyer as your ally, and, you know, you can only hope for the best that that lawyer is really going to be your ally, but I just, I do wonder if it's worth a challenge asking, you know, what rule is it that, what new rule is it that allows that to happen, but once again, you don't want to, it's such a, it's just such a slippery slope, isn't it? You know, when you yeah, don't necessarily want to challenge you. I mean, they do work for you. They do work for well, you. Supposedly, I've had six that I hadn't seen yet. This is why I I completely believe that in Oklahoma, and I'm sure there is other parts of you know other countries, uh, other states. Forgive me, and other countries as well, where using a lawyer, a local lawyer, isn't always in your best interest because of the good old boy system. It spreads so far and wide that we're looking out for, you know, just creating that narrative that will bring them to an already decided case. But you're going to fight this all the way. I believe you're going to get your kids back because I can hear it in your voices, and, and, and I, I think that you're doing a great job getting your story spread far and wide. But we need to spread it farther, and we need to spread it wider, and we need to hold people accountable. So um, the, the first time your children were taken from you was, uh, can we go a little bit more into detail now instead of, instead of a summary, um, was when you were in, when you were in uh, the hospital and you were giving birth to your second child and it was planned C-section, correct? Yeah. Yeah, a, a scheduled C-section, yes. Yeah, it was a scheduled C-section. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you had never had any issues with CPS or DHS prior to that? Um, well, question to answer for some reason, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Actually, it actually it did start. I wasn't sure that I. Wait, hold on one moment. Because I know there are two incidences, and I don't want to put you in a bad position, but I also know that I've I vetted you well, and they, I've followed you up on your on. Yep. Well, they originally met with us over. We were staying at Salvation Army. We were in between apartments. Okay. And we were met with CPS, and they uh, talked to us and examined us and didn't, say, didn't seem to have any problems. We told them what was up and what wasn't up, and that was like the end of it. And then when she mm -hmm. gets back in the hospital, all of a sudden it starts again. Yeah, and that's uh, like two months in between. That's about two months of them not saying or doing anything. In fact, they told us the case okay. was closed. Okay, so yeah. in order to get assistance from Salvation Army, you had to be under their, um, you had to go through them. Is that correct? 
uh, go through them as far as what? What do you mean? No, we were at the Salvation <laughs> Army, and they uh, there had been some kind of report, so they came and checked it out. Didn't find anything wrong. That was the end of it. And then when she oh, was having okay. the child, then it started again. Okay. Okay. And they had even yeah, and and yeah, and this was right before we got our new apartment, and so we got our new apartment, and they had been in there. Uh, to see that everything was okay, and they, we showed them where not Nigel, our older, our older son, uh, where he sleeps and everything. Uh, right. And then they said that the case was closed. And then it was about two months that go by, and then I give birth. And it was almost as if they were standing on the sidelines waiting for me to give birth. To be honest. Mhm. And so that's probably what triggered that was that first encounter with Salvation Army. They, you know, like they tickled their, their calendar for, okay, well, we're going to be there, even though they found, okay, everything was clear, you know. So, mm-hmm. and, and, that's, and that's when you, uh, you were weak because you had a C-section. So I think that yeah. that's pretty common and normal. Uh, to, you know, to need some extra help. And so that's when, you know, the hospital personnel, they're supposed to be there to help, to help you feed your baby. Yeah, I think the hospital was working, to be honest, I think the hospital was working with DHS even before I got there. And I'm I'm going to be honest. Uh, Yeah, I think they were Mm -hmm. uh, in contract with them. Um, They were even trying to put off my uh, due date, uh, for really a really long time, which made no sense. They mentioned something about the March of Dimes. Um, I forgot what it's called. Something about March of Dimes, how it, um, they extend out a due date, which I had, I already had a baby before. I, they never said anything about that before. Right. So all of a sudden right. they're talking about this. It made no sense. I mean, this is when I was going to like regular check What does March of have anything? I'm sorry. Uh, something about extending a due date. Yeah, it had something to do with March of Dimes. I mean, I knew about March of Dimes, but I never heard of anything like this. It made no sense. Right. And trying to stretch out the due March. date. Yeah. Yeah. I, so even when I was going to medical checks and everything, I mean, while I was pregnant, yeah, I think they were planning this. All because it got started with Salvation Army. I think they saw Nigel and saw that he was beautiful and everything. And... There you go. I mean, need I say more? I think that's what it was. Yeah. And and we, you know, we brought to the, you know, uh, to the table, you know, during the last show that we had that. What? Um, okay. That we brought we we brought to um, to the table, you know, we mentioned in the last show, you know, that statistics show that blonde hair, blue eyed, or bright eyed children are the most wanted children when it comes to um, adoption. And uh, and and your children are blonde hair and bright eyed, aren't they? Uh, not blue eyed, but they. Well, blonde Nigel didn't have blue eyes at the time, but they had blonde hair and he was beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, they knew. And also, when they talked to us, see, we couldn't exercise because we were at a shelter while we were still there. You know, a shelter is pretty hard to exercise your rights. So we went ahead and talked to them. Yes. And, yeah, uh, we had told them that Nigel had not been to it. We didn't say anything about vaccines, and neither did they. But we had told them that uh, Nigel had not been to a doctor in a while. And mm-hmm. they made a suggestion that he goes to the doctor just because, uh, well, one of the workers was saying something about her son, about how he gets checked for, like, uh, 
I don't know, something about his lungs or something. I don't remember. Um, she made a specific – she said something specific. And so mm-hmm. she just said, I suggest that you do that. Um, so they already knew that we hadn't gone to doc- – I mean, well, regular wellness checks in a long time with Nigel. So they mm-hmm. can easily use that. And then they find out again. And was like there I said, when I talked to the social worker – had he been sick? Uh, no, he uh, he was always pretty much in good health. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay, so like I said, when I was talking to, like I said last time, when I had talked to the social worker, because I was trying to get a car seat, I think I mentioned this on your show last time. I had uh, in twice in 2016. I was after I gave birth, I was trying to get a car seat with the hospital social worker. And it somehow came up about um, we got on the issue, the issue, the subject of uh, vaccines and uh, doctors, doctors' appointments and stuff. And I ended up saying, well, where we stand on stuff like that. And so, um, so DHS probably heard. I mean, so if if that got reported, then DHS, okay, it's like, a, oh, they're still not taking Nigel to the doctor. Oh, here we go. There you go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that could have been. I mean. Yeah, I mean, because they're looking for any. Remember, they're looking for anything, even if it's not illegal. Right. They're just looking for anything that they don't like or don't agree with. So, Despite and plus the, the anemia and everything. <laughs> not Everybody illegal. Yeah, a couple of things on the petition. Like uh, they said that Nigel could not walk or talk when they took him, and we have a video of him one week, about a week, maybe two weeks before he was taken, walking and talking, in perfect health. But on so the petition, they said he couldn't walk and talk. Also on the petition, they said one of the reasons he was taken because we didn't believe in vaccination. That's actually on on the petition. Of course, that's completely illegal, but it's on the petition. Yeah, and twice the And And so now, did you submit that video of him walking and talking? No, because we, uh, actually, what we never did. actually we tried to, but we never actually went to court. They decided if we would uh, go through the plan and they would monitor us for about three months, I think it was, we would get the child back, both children back. And as you, as you did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we so didn't we find never, anything. None right. of these accusations were never proven or disproven because we never went to court. Yet later on in 2020, on the final judgment, they bring all the former accusations out, which were never proven. Which were never proven, and yet no, never proven. In the eyes and we of had the that law, video they... that we could have shown if we had gone to court that he was walk, walking in talking, that he was fine in perfect health. Mm-hmm. And we find out later, like um, they said, he's below weight. But um, in my opinion, and uh, Tempson can talk more on this, that they rounded the weight down instead of wearing it off. In 19, he was off the chart. 20, he would have been on the chart, and his actual weight was 19 and a half. Mm hmm. And his height was normal too back then. Yeah. Yes, and they used that to say. Yeah, it was normal weight. Uh-huh. It was normal weight. Yeah, because he's off, according to them, he's off the chart. Of course, this was passport that said that. Like this time around, both children were on the chart at the ER, and it was completely disregarded. Yeah, and as far as the height goes, your baby come, your baby is what your baby is when they come out, and as long as they're growing portionally, you know, height and weight as what those charts actually in the emergency room uh, that you took them to proved to be uh, yes. that they were in good health, that they were within the, within the chart. And I mentioned so that this time with, around since they've had them, 
They've had them for two years now, and as far as we know, they've only been to one wellness check. One. They jump over us for not going to wellness checks, and now they've had them for two years. Both children have only been to one wellness check. And you were not able to get the records for that either, were you? So there's so much, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on here. Well, we have records of, uh, I mean, our permanency worker uh, gave us uh, medical records, like for how, how their visits that they've gone to, I mean, medical visits that they've had. Okay. And it's only showing the one that we had gone to in summer 2020 uh, for a wellness yes, check. I don't see any other on there. And they went to some other appointments mm-hmm. for other things, and we were never informed of it like we were supposed to be. Because we right, and this- we've shown our willingness, <laughs> and we're even according to them, we're supposed to go to every medical appointment they they have, which we're more than willing to do. Yet they went to things that we were never told about. Okay, so you only know what you know. Yes. You don't even you don't know what you what you don't know that's going on there. No, and- but even according to them, according to DHS, they've only been to one wellness check. And do you believe that, though? Or uh, yeah, do you I believe, believe that, they're just trying not to share the other appointments for things that we were never told about? That you they could be hiding They could be hiding some uh, wellness checks. Yeah, they could be. I have reason to believe. Because we we, we have every reason to believe that before, uh, even back when they take in 2016, our children are vaccinated without our consent because we weren't told about certain appointments. And, and for the listeners that did not hear the uh, part one of this show, can you please let um, our, our listeners know as a, as a result of uh, that uh, well, uh, one of the wellness checks and, the, and alleged vaccinations, what you feel that happened? Yes, because Nigel now has autism, and we feel that in the first time he was taken, he was vaccine injured, and that's what happened. But, of course, Todd Moore testified in court that that could not possibly be a vaccine injury because you don't get autism from vaccination. She testified to that in court. This is their pediatrician. And this is, <laughs> this is really, you know, um, and science has, is showing and many studies are actually showing ever so differently. So I did look up exactly. Sarah Pass. Yeah, yeah. And that's, of course, one of your reasons for not wanting to, you know, go and vaccinate your, your children because, Right, you and know, that's the same is, reason we stopped doing wellness checks. The children were in fine health, and besides wellness checks, it turned into just a similar uh, line for vaccination. Right, right. They just wanted to pressure you they into even, that. Yeah, th- they even uh, changed their sworn testimony as far as uh, us not taking them to wellness checks because, actually, we did take them to wellness checks even after the case closed, and it's got yeah. it on there, and, and I testified to that. And it's got it on there that we uh, that we stopped before the uh, we stopped going after the case closed, and that's not true. And I did not testify to that. They changed their sworn testimony on that too. I even gave the doctors names, at least one doctor's name that we went to after the case was closed. I, I said that under oath. And and have you been afforded to get a different. copy of? Okay, have you been afforded to get a copy of that doctor's record? the doctor's records when you were going to the wellness check? Um, I actually, I don't think I've seen any, um, like any sheet that I had on that, like um, the kind that they, the ones that they give you before you go home. But um, yeah, I haven't had any record on that, but should be in the record. 
I mean, you can ask I mean, for a copy you of, your children, of your child's doctor's records. You can ask for a copy. Um, um, I I think I could, actually. I, I don't see why not. I mean, they may yeah. charge, but, yeah. But even with this, yeah. they, they completely disregarded any, any evidence we put proof in court in court. They disregarded uh, our, basically all our testimony and any evidence we brought forth. And it's just like I asked right. my lawyer kind of sarcastically, was the judge even in the courtroom with us? Because <laughs> none of this was, in, I mean, it's included in the final judgment, but it's basically said, you know, in a, like in a footnote. Yeah, like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you have to say because the DHS worker told us different. Because this doctor, Sarah Passmore, who seems to exclusively work for the city there or for DHS and CPS, um, she, she appears to be. I, do, I don't know if that's the case, but I did look her up. You know, it's like it's like clockwork. They're supposed to automatically trust what what is being said by their expert with, witnesses or whatnot, and yet you're and you're not allow allowed to question their credibility. Well, that's just wrong. You should have the right to question their credibility. You know, on Dr. Passmore's uh, um, page where uh, I said she's accepting new patients. Well, I bet she is, because how can she keep any patients with the kind of treatment that she gives? You know, according to OU, uh, yeah, yeah, she specializes in child abuse pediatrics. That is her specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said before, I still maintain, you give her a child, she'll give you a case. Yeah, yeah. You show up with a kid there and she'll get, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So. If that's what you're listening, go ahead. Sue me. Take me to court. I'd love it. Because then you have the opportunity to prove yourself. Exactly. Yeah. See, a lot of this started when I had Nigel in there the first time around. When when she found out we uh, didn't believe in vaccination, you could just, I mean, you you could see her face, her eyes just bugged out. I knew it was downhill from there. Although there's right. nothing wrong with Nigel, he was fine. But Nigel now has autism. Yeah. Autism. Severe, uh, yeah, uh, neurological damage. I would say actually, vaccine-induced and, neurological damage. Mm-hmm. And you want to have him treated in a natural, in a natural way, like you believe yeah. that you can yeah. help. They've concentrated what, on just like. Um, uh, Physical, uh, like, 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 like <laughs> therapy. Uh, what did you ask? Sorry. What kind of therapy they put him on? Um, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a, like an intense physical therapy. Yeah. Once they diagnosed him, yeah. But and the therapist, all uh, they, they disagree with us. Yeah. We can back up our uh, so-called beliefs. They uh, mind-gut connection at all. They're just basically concentrating on, like, um, the therapy they put him through, you know, like physical therapy and stuff. And, like, they've had him for two years. They keep talking about great strides, but we haven't seen it. Right. Because they treat him like a circus okay. monkey. Yeah. If he performs the task properly, they give him a treat. Oh, no kidding. Damn. <sighs> That's not. Um, that just that just doesn't seem to uh, make sense. I mean, I understand praise, but but you're right. Like the circus monkey, because then then it becomes the Pavlov's dog kind of thing, 
and and yeah. that's not what you're looking for in the rehabilitation of your son and uh, mm-hmm. be very very difficult now can you let our listeners know how often you um see your children now uh it's twice a week for an hour and a half i mean hour and a half each day i mean an hour and a half one day an hour and a half another day. i mean so two days a week for an hour and a half okay and it, at one point it was, forgive me, excuse me, at one point it was three days a week, correct? Okay. Uh, yes, at one point it was, oh, I need to say my husband just got cut off. Uh, his, it's just his phone, uh, but he's calling back right now. Uh, but, yes, okay. um, three days a week. Okay, yes, three days a week for a little bit. Uh, even though the ju- the original judge, I mean, this time around, had ordered three visits a week, and DHS didn't mm-hmm. care about that, but it took us a long time to get those three visits, and we were having that for a little bit, and then they came up with a lame excuse to drop it back down to two. Oh, they said and they had so many – they said they had so many children in custody that it's physically impossible to keep up the three days – the three visits a week because they have so many kids mm-hmm. in custody. Which is nonsense, of course. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they're just, you know, making such a profit that they don't have time um, to care for the three because they're really not caring enough about what's best for the children. And yeah. um, when, and were you able to celebrate Christmas with them any differently, or was it the same one and a half hours twice a week? during the same time. Was there any more leniency during the holidays? Uh, this time, um, no, not really. I mean, we had, Christmas was just like any other time, really. I mean, we could make like, but we could make like, but since they were here, we could make like a, a video. Right. Um, I mean, like, which is what we did always before, actually. Uh, we did it for yeah. Christmas and even Hanukkah. Yeah, because we celebrate mm-hmm. both. And uh, yeah, and great. any ho- any holiday that we uphold, I mean that we love, uh, yeah, we we celebrate with the boys and we make a video. We were actually able to do that here. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's good, and it's good to keep up that tradition for them. Bring it, yeah. You know, have as much normal as you possibly can, of course. All right. Yeah. And so, uh, was Reggie able to get back on, or is Marty? Are you there? I'm afraid you might be trying to get in, and Marty's not by the board. Oh. Um, if Reggie isn't able to get back on, maybe you two want to be, be talking from the same phone because I don't want to cut him out of the conversation either. So um, he can keep trying okay. a couple more times. Um, I can also message Marty and, and, and let her know, see if she sees this. Um, okay, you can message Marty. Okay. Uh, okay. And see if she's here. <laughs> she might have stepped away from the board briefly. Uh, Reggie's trying to come back on. Okay. So, uh, but if uh, she, if she stepped away for longer than a few minutes, then he can come and and, sh- and share this with uh, share your phone maybe so that you can both be on at the same time. What whatever works for you guys. Um, okay. All right. So. So it's it's my understanding that okay so doctor so okay CHS, hold on one moment Tanya, Tanya hold on one moment okay 
Hardy can't step away from the board, which means she can't share because she's going to have cancer. So if she can't, she's sending a message to Hardy that we're trying to get back on. But you can always show the film with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when when was it that you brought your children to the emergency room? We didn't bring them. Okay, oh, I have you no, on speaker right now. So she that, has right. you on. What? He, uh, she said she thought she had you on. Um, okay, he can try to call. You can try to call in again. Oh, you can try to call it's in. Dead. His phone's dead. Oh, it's dead. Oh, okay, that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, for, okay, okay. Okay. All right. So you're there together. So that's what matters. Okay. 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 All right. Now that we've got that all figured out. Okay. Um, okay. So, so can you let our listeners know, because we did bring up the emergency room and the report to the emergency room, and in case they didn't hear the first show, you know, why is it that you brought your children to the emergency room to begin with? Well, we, we, didn't, we did bring them to the emergency anyway. room. They were taken to the emergency room when they were taken by CPS in 2020. 2020. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2020. Okay. Okay. So, right. And they tried to get her, your kids in to see Sarah more, but she wasn't available. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, because uh, okay. uh, by, that, by that time, because it was like, Seven because they had arrived to get us to take the kids to her at like 11 a.m. to 11:30 a.m. and of course we were standing their ground all day long and then by the time they right. got the kids she had either gone to bed or something and uh, then so therefore um, they just went ahead and went to the the ER to get them checked out. Like I said, we okay. were extremely lucky because if we had sent them the passport, we wouldn't have a case. But luckily, they were sent to the ER where they've shown to be fine. So we have that's that's our whole basis of our case shows that accusations against us are false because they don't line up with the ER report. And you have somebody from CPS that actually Kirsty or Christy Kirsty uh, um, Hilton. Kirsty was the one who actually, actually signed off on the ER report for CPS. Mm-hmm. And she also which, testified which, in court and maintained her story, which completely contradicts what this what the uh, ER report says. But she's the one who signed off on it. Right. So again, we have all kinds of contradictions and all kinds of hypocrisy going on here. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a special word for it. It's called perjury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially I, I wonder like when the they're dark actually, circles. Yeah. Right, your right. kids were were said to have dark circles underneath their eyes, and that they yes, were malnourished. Yes, did not show that... up on the ER report. Right, and and that. And the thing is, not only that... did the sworn affidavit say this, and then Kirsty swore to it in court, but there was multiple people going to the ISP report and to Discovery said they saw this. Well, you can't see what's not there. Right. I mean, we have the ER report showing that the children are fine, they're well fed, they're weight for their age group. And there's no mention of dark circles whatsoever. And if there had been any dark circles, they got them right there at the ER. Why don't they take pictures of it? Right. Right. Exactly. 
this. So there was no, there was nothing out of line. Otherwise, it would have been noted in the ER report because they essentially brought your children to the ER for a, a well, for a well care. Um, uh, welfare analysis. Check, yeah. yeah, well, well they were running, exa- they were running exams on them, examinations. Yeah. <laughs> they passed everything flying colors in the book. Well, when they wait for the age group, there is no malnourishment. The ER report showed they were in good shape, healthy, malnourished, no mention whatsoever of dark circles. Uh, and they okay. didn't, and keep in mind, they didn't need x-rays or blood testing, no overnight observation. The kids were fine. Yeah, they said they actually said they were fine to go home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so and here with you both of them, it's a patient is small for age, but otherwise appear, appearing normal. Yes. Okay. It's small for age, didn't say malnourished. There are some kids that are big for their age. There's some kids that are small for their age. So that right. that doesn't mean they're being neglected or they're, they're malnourished. Heck, if my kids, That's, you know, they were you know, they were off the charts in 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 a different direction because of their height and 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 their weight because of their length. You know. Um, now here's so, now here's the problem with the ER report. Both the diagnoses on the children were bad. But the ER report said the children were fine. See, not only did we find that ourselves by looking over it, but we had a doctor we know, a family doctor, Dr. Ross, look over it, and he said the same thing. These ER reports say the children are fine. But the diagnosis on the ER reports does not say that. I I don't understand. What is the diagnosis? Neither do I. Neither do I. Here's what I'm saying is, it says the actual reports, if you look at the report and what they discovered and what they found, the children are in good shape, healthy, malnourished. Now, if you look at the mm-hmm. diagnosis, what did the diagnosis say? Um, like, failure, like failure to thrive. Yeah, failure something to thrive. Like that, something like that, malnourished. Malnourished. Like that. Yeah. When the ER reports themselves do not say that. What malnourished okay. children okay. would have uh, clear lungs and uh, their head, eyes, ears, nose, and throat normal? Not to mention both of them are well within their weight for their age group, which we checked from the charts from the WHO and the CDC. Okay. Okay. So, so the, but the ER report did not give a diagnosis of failure to thrive. Yeah, they did. The diagnosis was failure to thrive. And but you look at the ER report itself, the children are fine. The diagnosis and the report did not line up. That's the fact. That's what we're saying. Yeah, but anybody can look at that final diagnosis and just say, oh, no, these people are horrible. I mean, look what, they're, what are they doing to their kids? But that if you actually look at the report itself, which we had a doctor look at it, the children are fine. And these are so clear that these were so, the, the words on everything was so clear that and you matter, don't need to be a doctor. Yes. And matter of fact, I was, when I was going over it with Dr. Ross, not only did he say that, but we, he was going over the possible causes of autism. But he mm-hmm. said, in his opinion, this is vaccine-induced autism. Yeah, that's looking at Nigel's ER report. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, all right, so they have the narrative on the ER report. All the things, they check the ears. The ears are clear, nose is clear, breathing, lungs, fine, height and weight, yes. okay. So they're within yep. range, a little small for their age. But when it comes to a, a DSM, they actually wrote a DSM in. So there was actually a negative diagnosis on that very same 
ER report. Correct. I want to make sure I'm getting this yeah. right. You are correct. That's correct. Yeah. There's a diagnosis, a negative diagnosis on the ER report, but it not, not, does not line up with the report. It makes you wonder if that was added in. Yes. It makes oh. me wonder a lot of things. We didn't have uh, the uh, ER doctor in court. I wanted to, but for whatever reason, our lawyer did not want to have her in. And that was a private attorney. Yeah. But, they, but she brought in Passmore. Yeah, she sure brought in Passmore. And when she was cross-examining Passmore, it was like they were having a tea party. Yeah. I'd expect her to rip Passmore apart, and she just was giving her softball questions. That's not good. Except for catching her giving when she said that both children were feral. Uh-huh. Which she had made a correct, and she said no, what only one child was feral. But that one in her initial report, she said she suspected autism for Nigel, mm-hmm. but she didn't mention that at all in the uh, cross examination. That's because at that time the state had not yet had a diagnosis for Nigel. They had him for over a year, and even after the court, till they finally diagnosed him with what exactly what we said autism. Yeah, yeah but she did talk about autism. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, going going back to this ER report, I'm wondering who had their hands on that ER report originally. You know, was it released at the time the children were released, um, or or was it well, obtained no, by the CPS? No, uh, St. Francis had it. Yeah, this is the St. Francis. Yeah. It took me a week to get it. They tried to keep me from getting access to it. Yeah, he had to put his foot down, and they finally gave it to him. But like I said, okay, if we so, got, went and got the ER report, it never showed up. It never was seen to the light of day, and we had no defense whatsoever. Yeah, and it wasn't in discovery because right. uh, that discover, because that would show the perjury on the sworn affidavit. Yes, it would have. And our lawyer showed the assistant DA the ER report, and he still prosecuted. And you could not see that ER report and not know that they perjured themselves on the sworn affidavit. You could not see that ER report and not know that she perjured herself in court. <coughs> so that's just malicious prosecution. <laughs> see, the, he, he knows the children were fine that night, and yet he continued to prosecute. Yeah, so then about us not because we didn't go to wellness checks or because we didn't treat Nigel a certain way. It was only about that kind of thing. Which is our right to because care you as long as we're not harming him, which we're not. And they themselves say there's no cure for autism. We do not believe that. So we're, trying, we're looking for cures and treatment to improve him, and they're telling us on the same hand there's no cure for autism, so why are you griping for us not sending him to doctors who don't believe in a cure? Yeah, they think because it, we didn't it, go to the like a physical therapy for him where they treat him like a circus monkey that we're, neglect, that we're negligent. As we don't treat him like a we don't want him to be treated like a circus monkey. We're negligent. And and how do you see him doing with the autism now? Do you see? So you don't really see any vast changes, right? I don't see any I'm vast changes. Put- no. There's slight improvements, but that could have come with age. He's a little better on going to the restroom, mm-hmm. but uh, I've even seen some uh, what you'd call back steps from how mm-hmm. he used to be. Uh-huh. He's more clumsy than he used to be. He's not as sure-footed as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So God forbid, you know, if he was with you during this time when he's not, then it would be your fault, and they'd be remo- removing him from you again the third time. Yeah. So what you really want like to do right, is get these people right out now, of here. 
like uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, a few months, uh, maybe about a year ago, mm-hmm. I was changing him, and we found out he had a bad bruise near his uh, rectum. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we were going to tell you about that. Oh, when? See, if I hadn't changed him, I'd never even known about that bruise. I guarantee you, if they found that bruise on him back when we had him, I'd be in prison today. Right. Yep, the way that you're being treated, absolutely. That's pretty scary. Uh, and yeah, I, know. I don't, I don't think that you're blowing that out of, uh, 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 out of uh, uh, line at all, because no. you, of the, what's happened to you guys, and and your children. Well, just like uh, so, not too long after the uh, the hearing, the adjudication, the final judgment, adjudication trial, uh-huh. uh, we met up again with Dr. Ross. Uh, we ran to him at a restaurant. Ran to a restaurant, and like I was telling him, if I had not been going through this myself, I would not believe it. If I was trying to explain this to somebody, I wouldn't believe it. So I don't really blame anybody. But the thing is, we have the proof. We can prove what we're saying. So uh, clearly, clearly you can. The one thing that to me is like this anomaly is a bad thing. Is why does that ER report have a diagnosis? That does not that's not in line with the note. That's a very good question. That's one reason I think they never wanted to see the ER report come to light, and they didn't expect us to actually examine the ER report once we got it and understand that the diagnosis does not line up with the report. Yeah, again, St. Fran- this could be another case of St. Francis contracting with DHS, yeah. and hospitals do that. It's not just St. Francis. But St. Francis right. had been involved. Remember, I gave birth to Timogen and Joyce's gene at St. Francis, where he right. was snatched, of course. So they already have a, a sort of like a standing uh, from 2016. I mean, I mean, when I say standing, I mean like rapport or something. And right. so they're familiar. They're familiar. Yeah. So maybe that was. So maybe the ER it's doctor. Like work. Yeah. What? It's like clockwork. Once you get on their radar. Yes. So it's not just us. We've had uh, learned people learn, look at this DR report even before we had a doctor look at it, and they're seeing the same, seeing the same thing we did. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why I said this is just too much in our favor. I couldn't believe that they're trying to get away with that. That's why I had to take their doctor and then, you know, backed up exactly what we were seeing. He's seeing the same thing. Yeah, and we went to that doctor because when we had brought the ER reports into the court, I mean, at the hearing where they'd already had an amended petition drawn up on us uh, to get it to try to go to adjudication, uh, we uh, we had the ER reports with us and showed it to Reggie's court-appointed lawyer at that time, and and she said, and, and we told her that uh, our friends have looked at it, and we had looked over it, uh, and and it says the kids were fine that night. And she's like, well, do, you, do any of these people that looked at it, do they have any credentials? So that yeah, prompted that's us before to take we it. had Dr. Ross. That's what, yeah, but that's what prompted us to go to a doc, to someone yeah. with credentials. Like you need credentials to know right. how to read. Exactly. Right, exactly, exactly. But the ju- Well, so, the thing is the judge might like credentials, but the thing is, but even with that said, this is too clear. Of a, this is too clear cut. Yeah, I know. Like I, you know, like I, I didn't say it to the judge. You know, I tried to say it mildly so I didn't get, you know, contempt of court. But this is above your pay grade. Get somebody to read it to you. 
<laughs> right, right. Gotcha. I understand your frustration. Yeah, and who and who is the judge in this case? I know you told me originally before. Originally, originally it was Sparkman that was uh, grailing, mm-hmm. and now it's um, Palmer. Palmer, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and you're Sparkman going through the was, rotation. Spar- the first one, Sparkman. The first one, Sparkman. Uh, in this case, uh, he was the judge the whole time in, in 2016. Yes, and he's uh-huh. also okay. the judge that signed off with the assistant DA on the uh, writ and the court order. Yes, from 2020. Yes. So he should know better. Where are the time step pictures showing that they have dark circles in their eyes? Where are they at? Right. I mean, they had videos right. outside. They were taking. They were taking pictures outside. They had every opportunity to take pictures of them at the ER. <clears throat> Where are they at? Right. They have no. They right. have no proof they could present to show what they had said in court. They brought forward a video, but it showed nothing about them being malnourished, looking bad, or having dark circles. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if back in 2016, uh, you see that video we were talking about earlier, where about two weeks before he was removed uh, in 2016, that video where he's walking around very healthy. Uh, it makes us one. It makes me wonder if. Uh, if he had seen that, because I know our lawyers at the time, back in 2016, what they did, we were there, we were ready for trial, and we had that video, though, and our lawyers told us to wait in the, in the lobby and that they would go in and show it to, I guess, the ADA and the judge. The judge needed to see it, of course, and the ADA, anybody involved that has, I mean, anybody any, any significance. And oh. it makes me wonder if, if, that, if Sparkman saw that, because if he had seen that, he should know. Well, I mean, he should know better when 2020 came around. Right. I mean, it may not, although it so may that, not matter. I mean, it just it, it makes me wonder more. I mean, it, it's just a no, thought. Of, if anything, Sparkman should have recused himself right? because he's involved. If he has personal prejudice against us, he should recuse himself. Well, by the time the adjudication trial rolled around, it went over to Drayling. Yeah. Uh, they said that Sparkman was having a family crisis. But I find that hard to believe. I think he, I think he knew he was in trouble, maybe, because all the evidence. So I think he just ran for cover. Now he's at, and since yeah. then he's gone on to a different court. Yeah, he's at, court. Yeah, he's over at the other court. Uh, it's still family matters, but not, but it's still a different court. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right. Got you. So for now, because we're running out of time here, and 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 the, on the next on our next show, I I want to get into the second time um, that the children have me re- removed from you, and that whole episode, what happened at your home, okay, um, and right. and about the sheriffs coming to your back door or whatnot. But for the sake of our listeners, um, you, know, you have a home. You're in a home. You have an apartment, correct? Yes. Yes. And I'll say one thing before and, we go. One thing before we go, the the police who were there most of the day outside the door, when they finally yeah. got the writ and the court order, refused to act on it. The police right. refused no, I, to act on it. They told CPS to get the sheriff's department to do it for them. That's we'll a discovery. That yeah, we'll get into that again next week because the police department knew better. They, they knew yeah. better. Yeah. But 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 right now, as far as you know, you have a loving, you have a home. You you have beds for your children. You have yeah. uh, you can feed your children. You can care for your children. Um, neither of you have any kind of issues that would you know. Of course, you were in transition at one point, and you were with the Salvation Army, 
and that's what it's there for. So you're getting help and while you're in tra transition. So you have a loving home for your family. Now, during those three months when you were waiting to get your children back, can you just briefly say what happened during those three months that you were, what classes did you take and what was it that led you to get your children back? You, you know, Wait like minute, what you did you learn from those 2016? 2016 when we go up to the parenting class. Yeah, yeah, it was six months that they were not with us and then three months, okay. So are you talking about the right. three months that they were with us, although under jurisdiction? Yes. Okay, those three well, months. Okay, so during um, the six months you took the classes. Okay, so we might not have time to get oh, into yeah, all we were that. Oh, yeah, we're going to the classes, yeah. Mm -hmm. for, for six months, correct? Yeah. And I mean, almost okay. the classes. Basically, yeah. we just uh, went to uh, therapy for them. Yeah, fam like a family, uh, like kind of like trauma therapy. Yeah. And just um, maintain uh, wellness checks and just basically had them at home raising. Yeah, even okay. with the three months. Uh, yeah. Them, yeah. Right, right. And so that they could readjust to being back home, so they could adjust to being right. back home with you. It was, it was pretty hard because our oldest boy wouldn't, uh, would scream if I left the room without him. I couldn't even go to the bathroom without him following me. Yeah. Must I mean, he literally would throw a, a fit, start screaming if I left the room when we got him back. Uh, it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. So, and then over um, a gradual so, period of time, he slid into autism. At first, he was fine. He's talking, he's doing his numbers, and learning his ABCs, and he's just two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the traumatizing has really gone. The trauma has been induced by CPS and by DHS. Being and doing the at wrong first, thing. that's what I thought it was. When he started slipping, I thought it was the trauma. Yep. I didn't yep. realize until later it was autism because I was just keeping an eye on him. And then when he started walking around on his tiptoes, I knew what was up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I've got to close out this segment right now, but I hope you, you can make it back again on next Sunday um, and so we can continue to follow up. So I'd like to thank you both for coming on. Uh, and I'd just like to speak to our listeners right now. Um, but I want to thank you, Tamson, and thank you, Reggie, for coming on. Just, do you have anything to say real quick before I close this out? No, just um, stand up for your rights and watch out for CPS because this uh, can happen to us. It can happen to anybody. They are out of control. Nationwide, out of control. they are out of control. Yeah. See, this is what happens, listeners, and as many of you already know, is that if it can happen to you, it can happen to others, and that um, it, it's hard to believe, but it really does happen, sadly, in many different forums of where the public uh, governments and their various agencies are involved. Thank goodness for the good ones. We want to embrace the good uh, public servants that are out there and hope that we can have more of them uh, Hope that we can have more of them. But I want you to please tune in with us again on next Sunday because we're going to talk about what happened after Tamson and Reggie had their children back and everything was going fine and out of nowhere, who shows up again? Who shows up again and why has it been two years since they've been with their children and their children have been with them on any kind of permanent basis and what is it going to take for them to get their children back and to get CPS and DHS off of their back because this is harassment and this is illicit behavior 
for tuning in to Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB Lighthouse Christian Radio. If you can know anything and know of anything that you can do to help this beautiful family, please feel free to contact me at injusticeinoklahoma at gmail.com or reach out on the Facebook page. <coughs> God bless and good night. Good night. Good night.